Well, Coach Weaver, welcome to part two of the Culture Connection. Um, and tonight, we're going to build off of what we learned with the All Blacks and the Sweep the Sheds mentality. And we're going to learn about Jocko Willink's phrase, discipline equals freedom. Yeah, I think it's a perfect segue. After, you know, we just talked about the All Blacks and how they had non-negotiables and they actually, you know, to win 80%, 86% of your games over the last 100 years, you better be disciplined. So I'm excited to dive into this. Uh, I'm also excited to root for your 49ers since the Saints took a tumble today. Well, you know, I mean, uh, we're in San Francisco. We're pretty happy about the Vikings coming to town next weekend. They're a formidable opponent, but in terms of a one seed versus six seed matchup, it doesn't get any better for uh, for for your team. That's right. And you're going to have to be disciplined as the number one seed. So we're going to dive into what discipline looks like inside of a football program, inside of a basketball program, or heck, discipline inside of your classroom. Yeah, I think the starting point is to look at all the different forms of discipline that exist in the world. And I think just the three or four that you hit on right there, we're talking about a very diverse word here that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And there's not a one-size-fits-all. So it's not as simple as, hey, just sweep the shed. All right, got it, and move on. Uh, This one needs a little bit more time. And so as I pull up the discipline definitions, there's a lot of synonyms that pop up. And so before we get into the definitions, I'll just give you some synonyms for discipline. You've got things like train, drill, teach, school, coach, educate, regiment, uh, rule, authority, order, direction, regulation, and control. So that's a whole lot of values right there that we're trying to sum up in one word. Right. So you have discipline as a verb, which means to train someone to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct the disobedience. And then you have it as a noun, which is the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. So they are both similar like when you were saying the synonyms. But my biggest thing is I think some coaches think that discipline is punishment. Like there is a punishment element to discipline. So my question to coaches, to any listener, is it punishment, JT? Is it a bunch of rules? Is it doing what you're asked to do? I think when we hear the word discipline, and we all want disciplined teams, right? We want disciplined teams. I, I want to be a disciplinarian. I want them to follow what I'm saying. There is a certain element of authority and compliance that goes with it. However, I'm okay with that as long as that's not the only view of discipline that you have. So yeah. The second definition is actually a branch of knowledge or typically one who studies in higher education. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people, going back to being the compliant part, a lot of people here being disciplined is doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, how it's supposed to be done. Well, that, that's exactly what that is. That's just being compliant. Hey, go wash the dishes. Okay. Hey, go wash the car. Okay. <laughs> I mean... You know, one of the things I'm working on with my wrestlers is I don't want to be remote controlled. I don't have a controller, and I'm playing some video game with them out there on the mat. They need to feel it and, and hit the moves and do the things that we work on. That's right. But I need to be more disciplined with just being in the corner to help coach and guide them 
and not be so much of a control person, hands-on. I don't want a robot. I want an athlete. All right. It goes back to the behavior part. We want to change people's behavior in discipline. So I got to ask you, I got to ask you this. Um, what is one thing that your parents asked you to do that you considered it being disciplined when you were younger? Well, Coach Weaver, um, my upbringing wasn't the best in the world as terms of fun. You know, um, I, I kind of, I, my kids joke at Christmas time that I'm no longer a Grinch. I've morphed into kind of a Scrooge. <laughs> and uh, with that comes, it's all back to my background. I grew up on a farm in Iowa, 15 miles from the nearest town. I'm the oldest male. And it was my dad and grandpa. And then I, and every day we would milk the cows. So it didn't matter if it was 100 degrees outside or if it was 30 below and there was two feet of snow on the ground or if the cows were really close to the barn or if they were farther out in the pasture. Twice a day, those cows had to be milked. There's no days off. And we didn't take family vacations when I was a kid because we needed to milk the cows. And that was where our livelihood came from. And so as we're listening to Jocko or thinking about Jocko Willink at Discipline Equals Freedom, that's totally the world I was brought up in. You milk the cows in the morning at seven in the morning, and then we would typically milk again about five at night. But they would take an hour, hour and a half each time that you do it. But then you've got that chunk of eight to 10 hours where it's yours. You have the freedom to do whatever you want. So as long as the cows get milked, because let's be honest, the cows don't milk themselves and no one's gonna do it for us. Right. Then you've got the rest of the day to do what you need to do or want to do. and. So when I think about discipline, I think about my grandpa every day of his life for 90 years going out and milking the cows twice a day. Wow. I can I can honestly say that I've never milked a cow. <laughs> never milked a cow. It's, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> you, you come up to Iowa and I, it's not really a part of my life I want to relive again, but... Um, <laughs> You know, it, I definitely see the, the discipline side of that. How about you? What's one way that your parents encouraged you to have discipline in your life? Well, I guess mine's a little easier. You know, my dad was in the military. He was a, a master sergeant, so he was pretty high ranking. And for me, it was easy to be on time because <laughs> the standard was always set that we're going to eat at this time. You're going to be home at this time. And that's it. And if you weren't here at this time, you didn't eat. And if you weren't home by this time, you're going to be grounded. Uh, so that's carried on uh, with me uh, to where I like to be on time. Now, does it always happen? Absolutely not. Um, and I didn't starve, so I didn't. I did not <laughs> never eat. But uh, having him in the military has helped me a little bit with my coaching philosophy of what I want to do with them. And what I don't want to do uh, with the kids that I coach. So, you know, being on time. So, you know, when Randy Schrader was on our podcast and he was talking about being on time. And uh, I, I really get that early is on time and on time is late. So my daughter looked at my watch tonight and she has this little Garmin that does the steps. And she goes, Daddy, it says 8.05 on my watch and it says 8.15 on your watch. I'm like, well... I, <laughs> There's a reason for that, and it's it's set ahead of time, so I'm never late. You know, that's one of the things I struggle with with my kids. Uh, I've got three kids under the age of eight, and uh, 
life in our house isn't always very fun, but they don't ever have to go out and milk the cows. We sold the farm, uh, I don't know, over a decade ago when my grandpa's health got really bad and my dad doesn't want to do it and I don't want to do it. And it's really hard. How do you instill those values in your children even though the world is different? Like our circumstances have changed. I'll never own another farm again. Like that's not in not something that I'm going to do. You know, you you will serve your kids, I'm imagining, every night at the dinner table, no matter what time it is. You know, those aren't the same rules that you want to raise your kids from what it sounds like. Right. But at the same time, those lessons have stayed with us over decades. And I don't know yet what I'm instilling in my kids. Uh, I'm glad they don't have to go out and milk the cows every day. But at the same time, there's a lot of pieces of that that make me who I am right now. Right. I'll tell you what, the, the best disciplinarian in this house is uh, Mrs. Weaver. She is uh, yeah. she is keeping them straight. You know, people always say, how did you keep your kids um, from on a, on, a, on a schedule? And my one word for everybody is like she was really consistent with what she did. And the night routine was so consistent that they knew it was expected. So she is, you talk about discipline in the Weaver household, uh, her name is right underneath that. Well, if your house is anything like mine, I've gotten used to getting the second to last word for a long time now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm okay with um, it. She runs the ship, and uh, I'm good with it. Yeah, it's great. I want our listeners to pause right now, wherever they are in their reflective process, whatever they're doing. And I want you to just grab a piece of paper and make a couple notes. Ask yourself the same questions that Coach Weaver and I have. First, write down, you know, what do you think of discipline? Do you think that it's strict punishment, or do you think that there's more to it along the lines of teaching, too? Then I want you to write down what's one way your parents or your upbringing instilled discipline into you. JT, as we just had our listeners uh, go into where they got their discipline from, when they were a young child. Uh, I want to fast forward and now look at, you know, discipline from Brian and Tim Kite. So Tim with the Focus 3 group and Brian Kite with the Daily Discipline, uh, they say that discipline is to study, learn, train, and apply a system of standards. And I think that's so key that coaches need a system of standards. Parents need a system of standards of how they want to get X, Y, and Z connected to A, B, and C. Uh, so, you know, for coaches to have standards, you have to have those non-negotiables. So I think about the All Blacks, again, with their system of standards. that They're sweep the shed. That is, that's what they're going to do. They're going to take care of themselves. That's one of their standards. You don't have to worry about us because we're going to take care of ourselves. Yeah, you know, and when we had Tim Kite in the classroom this summer, um, he, he shared a quote with me that stays with me almost every day now. And it's that young people today don't want to be told what to do. They want to be coached. Mm. And when I think about discipline, we've all seen the side of discipline where you're just punishing, right? Where you're just punishing to get your message across and, and you're going to punish and it's going to be hard and you're going to learn this lesson or we're going to keep the punishment going. And I think what Tim Kite is saying and what Brian Kite focuses on also is that no discipline is about studying learning training and then the key to this side of discipline has to be the application and that's where you're talking with the all blacks and the standards so really once you've defined your standards discipline is the application of those standards on the people that you lead 
Absolutely. So let, let's think about this. I want to go into, you know, and you say this all the time on the podcast about, and we also say it on the phone, but it's who our, what we are in our culture journey is who we are and who we're not. So culture is who we are and culture is who we're not. So we just talked about what is discipline. I want to talk about what isn't discipline. And the first and foremost, it's not rules. It's not regulations. It's not punishment, as you alluded to earlier. Uh, the one I talked about earlier, though, is it's not compliance. You know, doing what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, how it's supposed to be done. Well, that's just being compliant, obedient, um, and a reinforcement aspect to that. Uh, but it's also not boring. And it's not doing the same thing over and over and over again because you and I both know that it's just insanity if you do that. Yeah, if you're expecting a different result, but continue to do the same thing over and over, that is the definition of insanity. You know, I think about our world right now and my young kids and the, the people that I'm raising right now, you know, better people make better all blacks going back to that. I don't know what the world's going to look like in 10 or 15 years when they get into high school or college. I don't know, how, you know, where the world's going to evolve to. I don't know what challenges I'm going to face as a parent even tomorrow. Um, in my struggles, but it's that discipline piece that comes back to these are the things that I stand for. And because I stand for them, you're going to follow them too, or you're going to be able to do those too, because I'm giving you a skill that other people don't have. That's right. That's, that's so powerful when you, when you look at that and you think about, I mean, 2009 to 2019 or 2010 to 2020, how fast the decade went to now in 2030 where our kids are going to be. And, you know, the only thing that we can really control is their discipline in training them to be better people. So it's, yeah. it's so, so crucial. Um, you know, and then I think about the sport side of things. As a coach, our world has gotten so fast since World War II when Patton declared that America wouldn't tolerate a loser. Mm. And sports cultures have just you know, exploded ever since then. And so it's hard to say the word discipline without thinking about the military. Absolutely. You know, and I, I, that's where, that's where I go. You know, my dad was in the military. Uh, so a lot of my, uh, analogies that I talk to with my team, uh, with our wide receivers, even with my track team, you know, is, is built around that. It's like, you know, who do you want in your foxhole with you? Do you want the guy that's disciplined? Do you want the guy, um, that's kind of a rogue guy. Uh, who do you want in your foxhole? Stuff like that. And I know you you bring up a great point. And you, you talk about this with your guys. It's pack the parachute. So can, can you explain that for our listeners? Yeah, so in my book, More Than the Game, uh, one of the chapters that I write, one of the core values that I use in my book is uh, pre- preparation. And I had a teacher early on in my teaching career, a veteran teacher, teach me the importance of packing your own parachute. And what that really means is take total control for everything that you need to do. Um, When I coach middle school wrestling, I tell the kids the night before the meet to make sure their parachute is packed. And early on in their wrestling career, I have to kind of explain. It means that tonight, before you go to bed, you put a little bit of money in your bag for the concession stand. You make sure you have your shoes. You fold your singlet. You put your warm-ups in there. If you have braces, you need a mouth guard. You have your headgear ready to go. So in the morning, 
All you have to do is wake up and grab the bag and walk out the door and know that you're prepared. And I got this analogy, uh, it took it a step farther with one of my best friends who's special forces. He's actually a paratrooper. And, you know, when I think about him 30,000 feet above the earth in an airplane, ready to jump out and do his thing in the middle of a combat situation, the whole success of the mission depends on everyone else's ability to pack their own parachute before they step foot on the plane. Mm. So once the plane takes off, it's too late. No one's going to pack your parachute for you. And it's really powerful, but it's that have, have 10 minutes of discipline the night before a wrestling meet so that tomorrow everything's going to run smoothly and you only have to think about if you have everything or not because you've already done it. Yeah, we do the same thing with our football program, and I'm probably going to steal that pack-your-own-parachute. Um, we give them a list of what to pack the day before we you know, we practice on Thursday morning. So we'll we'll get our guys, and they'll, they'll get a sheet of paper, and they're required to get their jersey, all their undergarments. And then I tell them to dress from the bottom up. So go with your cleats, your socks. Make sure you have your knee pads, stop pads, and you go through the whole thing, and the last thing you put on is your helmet to make sure you have everything. So... Uh, you know, that, that's, that requires a little discipline. So we give them week one through week six, they get a sheet of paper. After week six, they don't. You, you either have the discipline to pack your parachute before the game, or you don't. That's right. And if you don't, you're at the mercy of those around you and what the situation dictates that. You know, we, we had a saying with the 49ers that it, it's better to have it and not need it than it is to need it and not have it. Yeah, so true. So true. You know, my one of my first years coaching, I was at D.C. at uh, Tallulah, and two of our seniors forgot their jerseys. And I asked our head coach, I said, are they playing? He goes, absolutely not. He goes, if they forgot their jersey, this is the first game uh, out of town. We're both new coaches on the staff. Uh, <laughs> and the kids look at us and are like, we're not playing? Like, well, if you forget your jersey, how are we going to trust you to do what needs to be done on the field especially playing defense for us. Uh, so those two guys didn't play. I will tell you this, they never forgot their jersey ever again. That's right. And, you know, it reminds me of a Nick Saban quote that's in the PowerPoint presentation from Coach Jackson. But Saban always talks about how discipline is not punishment. There's a lot of people that would probably see you and Coach Davis as punishing the players for not passing their parachute. But discipline has to be about changing someone's behavior. And I think what Coach Saban is saying with that point is that changing it for the positive is implied. Obviously, you're not disciplined if you change someone's behavior for the negative. But discipline is not punishment. It's changing someone's behavior. Right. Well, if you're going to talk about Nick Saban, you're going to have to also talk about Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Those two guys have kind of maybe set the standard for when you think of their teams, you think Alabama disciplined. You think about Bill Belichick and the Patriots, disciplined. Uh, you want to play for the Patriots? Well, it's not for everybody. If you really think about this, uh, they have a certain way they do things, JT. And you better be ready to work. They don't waste a moment in practice. They don't wait a, waste a moment in the weight room and meeting rooms. Uh, you know, he's got this tagline that everybody says. Um, Coach Davis says it. Uh, I think a lot of coaches probably say it, but it's do your job. And you're expected to show up on time, know what you're supposed to do, and be professional and have zero excuses. The Patriots and the, uh, the Crimson Tide under Saban, I think that's what makes them special, is that 
I read a book called Belichick and Brady, and uh, the author's premise was that everybody in the Patriots organization is replaceable except those two. Yeah. And so if you don't have the discipline to follow those expectations, then the Patriots is not the organization for you. The good news is there's 31 other NFL teams where you can go and do your own thing. And it's so funny that as we've seen Belichick's career with the Patriots take flight here, uh, we all know the story of Tom Brady. It's well-documented, sixth-round draft pick out of Michigan. Bledsoe gets hurt. And then Brady and I, our first Super Bowl was actually together uh, down in New Orleans at Super Bowl 36. But I think about other superstars that have walked into the Patriots, like Randy Moss or uh, Reggie Wayne. And even A.B. this summer, you know, after he was after he left the Raiders. And it just doesn't work for some people. And the people at the top know the standard. It's clearly defined, and they're not going to budge. Yeah, you know, Reggie Wayne was only with him for two weeks back in 2015. Then he's like, hey, yo, can I get a release? <laughs> so I, I think he thought he could be, you know, pad his stat totals and make a little money and be a ring chaser. Uh, but, it, you know, when you get into the system, there is that standard that is laid out for every player, uh, whether it be Tom Brady to the guy that holds uh, for the extra points, that you're going to be asked and you're going to be held to a certain standard if you want to thrive in the Patriots organization. You have to be flexible and willing to submit yourself to a greater cause, just kind of like y'all's, um, y'all's mantra, believe in something bigger than yourself. And that's what the Patriots ask you to do. You know, and for the people that stay, there really is something to be said for that. And we all know Tom Brady, six Super Bowl rings, go greatest of all time. I also think about people like Rex Burkett, who's a hometown Husker from up here, fifth all time on Nebraska's rushing charts. And uh, he's really made a nice career for himself by just being accountable to that Patriot way. I think about Julian Edelman and how he's gone from a JUCO, you know, under-recruited, undersized, you know, forgotten or slept on his whole life and just keeps working and working and working. And all of a sudden, he's quietly got two Super Bowl rings and a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And then how, how can you leave out uh, Gronkowski? How can you leave out uh, Gronk? I mean, <laughs> almost the poster child right behind Brady uh, of everything that the Patriots stand for, uh, whether it be his style of play or his antics off the field. Um, how can you forget about Gronk and, and what he means to the Patriots and, and how I guess they've kind of made him a little bit more disciplined in how he acts, or maybe not? So I, I think definitely. I mean, uh, if nothing else, we're talking about a few, we're talking future Hall of Famers here. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, going back to Jocko Willing's discipline equals freedom, it shows you that you don't have to conform in all areas of your life. You conform when you need to, and you buy into that philosophy. And then if you can have that discipline, look at all the freedom that they're going to have for the next 50 or 60 years of their life after football that they can draw back on on those experiences. Yeah, JT, this has been an awesome talk tonight uh, about discipline equaling freedom and how people can take the discipline uh, that they that they maybe learned as a kid and they've carried to their adult life and maybe now they're transitioning and teaching their kids or teaching their kids that they coach uh, of how instilling a little bit of discipline 
can go a long way in your life. This now concludes part two of the Culture Connection, a mini-series brought to you by the Culture Classroom. For the Discipline Equals Freedom PowerPoint and other resources, please visit CoachRandyJackson.com. Also, reach out to Coach Weaver and I on Twitter at CultureClass19 and let us know how part two is helping your team reach new levels as discipline equals freedom. GameStrat is the number one choice for football coaches looking for the most reliable and advanced sideline replay system on the market. More coaches are switching to GameStrat because it simply works when it's supposed to work. And unlike other systems, GameStrat is simpler to set up and use, delivers the fastest video transfer times in the industry, gives you the most tagging capabilities, and has the best game day support. Choose GameStrat for your game day needs. Cultural Classroom is supported by Lausanne Learning, a nonprofit run by educators for educators with a mission to engage students, empower teachers, and transform schools. Through professional development conferences focusing on active learning, practical resources, and reflective teaching, including fishbowl classrooms and a unique teacher-to-teacher -teacher consulting program, Lausanne Learning is providing the authentic professional development your school needs. Visit them at lawsandlearning.com today to find one of their active learning conferences near you and to learn more about changing education from the ground up.